0: Zacchaeus was a wee little man The wee little man was he He climbed up in the sycamore tree For the Lord he wanted to see Yeah That's one that Rex forgot this morning I actually said that to him and he said I almost, I almost included it But I couldn't remember any, any lines past that one I just sang So I said yeah me too even though I looked on YouTube to get more lyrics, because I go to YouTube for everything. Um, you know, it's a very familiar passage this morning from Luke chapter 19. Um, strangely, it's the only gospel that includes this story. Um, I would think that Matthew would include this, because Matthew was a tax collector. Um, we'll get to some of those details later. I'm a little ahead of myself but it's a very familiar passage, and whenever you teach on a familiar passage, you're inclined to do um, some things that maybe aren't so helpful. One is, you, um, well, I'm going to tell you something that's going to rock your world, it's going to change everything for you today, right? Um, I, probably not. Um, and, and so you kind of, you venture away from what's familiar and what's, what's good, and you try to get too creative with it. Um, I hope to not do that today. Another thing that you do is you say, "Okay, well, everybody knows the story of Zacchaeus. So, what are we going to do with the material that we have here? How are we going to live in a in a way that's different?" Um, I think there's part of that, but it turns very quickly into a moralistic message, and I certainly don't want to do that today. My hope today is that I can do, um, I can, okay, it's not coming up there. That I can help to arrange a meeting. So that we in this room can, can have a meeting with Jesus. You know, it sounds like a... some Anyway. Um, so that we can have a meeting with Jesus. And as a result of being with Jesus, Jesus is going to change our hearts. Because he's the one who can do that. Not me. Not with my slick words and nothing else. But his word and his spirit... And the character of Jesus is what's going to change us. So that's my hope today. I'm setting that out for you right away. You can evaluate how well I did at the end by saying, you know what? I know Jesus better now than I did when I came in the door. And if you can leave with that, I am content. I don't know if I get all the details right or if I include everything. But if I can get you to that place where you can see Jesus better, then we're good to go. so I want to read the passage. I know we stand when we read. If, um, if you would stand with me as we read uh, through Luke chapter 19. And I'll include a, some extra detail that you won't see up here. Um, that helps to kind of iron out some of the pronouns. They're, they're a little difficult. Um, the he's and they's and all that other stuff. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold... There was a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was seeking, Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not. Because he was short. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. For... Jesus was about to pass that way, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, me? Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And when they, the people, the crowd, saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. One translation says a notorious sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Since he also is the son of Abraham, one translation says that he has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You can be seated. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the gospel writers love to talk about rejects. Um, Zacchaeus is one of those rejects. But um, most gospel writers, and Luke in particular, love to talk about, if you read the story, even the one that's right before this, that I hope to get there but probably won't, is a blind beggar. We always like to read scripture in context, so um, this helps because this story, listen to the, read this, and then read the story before, it's almost a complete opposite story about an oppressed Poor blind man. And that when, when Jesus leaves that man, the crowd praises God. It's right before Jesus comes into Jericho that, that you read the story right before this. But this is a story about a rich man who was an oppressor. And uh, it's a, it, but, but it's an uncommon story in many ways. Not because I think he includes Zacchaeus in this uh, reject category. Um, but you, you find all kinds of people. Prostitutes. Oh, they're outcasts. People like women. <laughs> yeah, you know the story about biblical times. Women were outcasts. Women were not accepted. They were second class citizens. Children. In, in chapter 18, children are mentioned. Jesus says, no, let the children come. Don't push them away. They understand the gospel way more than you do. And that's, that's Jesus including the reject, the outcast. Prostitutes. You know, the woman who broke the alabaster jar and poured it all over Jesus. The, the gospel writers love to include these people who are not seen as socially acceptable and Luke, in particular, does that. You know, I think that maybe one of the reasons why, I think this is maybe the, the large reason why, is that Jesus had a particular affinity toward those who were in this category. That that he knew that people that were at the end of their rope were much more inclined to accept him for who he was than those who were so educated and, 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 and powerful and all these other things, rich. That Jesus knew that the people that he was going to reach most effectively were the, the poor, and he loved them better than anybody. And then I think another reason is that maybe he did it. Maybe he, he helped people in this reject category to confront the religious leaders of his time. But it was like shock value. Is a God, what in the world is going on here? Why does he like that guy and not me? You know, what is, how dare he heal on the Sabbath? And how dare he heal that guy on this? How dare he even touch that person? He's going to be unclean to go to church or to go into the temple because that's the way things worked. But Jesus did that stuff almost to get under their skin. I think maybe also the book of Luke was written for a guy named Theophilus who, who Luke says, I write this to you, Theophilus, so that you can have an accurate account of what to, to know that the things that have been taught are true. And I've done the best I could do to write down the details that are going to help you to understand who this Jesus was. And so, again, my job today is to show what Luke was trying to do, which was to show us Jesus. Not a list of rules of things that we need to do to be like Zacchaeus or to be like or to be like or not to be like. But to show us Jesus because if we can sit down with Jesus, we can be changed. And that's what we want, isn't it? That's why you guys came here this morning, isn't it? Is to be changed? Maybe not. Maybe you just came here because it's kind of the thing that your family does. I'm a pastor. I get that. Like even days that I want off, I don't get them i got to show up and be with you people. I'm just... You know, I, I think Jesus is brilliant in that he could do all of these things at the same time. He can speak to the learned. He can speak to the unlearned. He can speak to the poor. He can speak to the rich. All at the same time. I, like, it's amazing. And the gospel writer, he's just writing things down as he's inspired to write it. And he shows us this glorious picture of who Jesus is. And one of the things that I I love is that he teaches through those who shouldn't understand the gospel. He teaches the gospel to those who should. That the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those who had studied and memorized and knew everything, that he teaches those people through the unlearned. Through people who, like the blind beggar in the previous story, he just believed that Jesus could heal him. But here we have Zacchaeus. And so, um, let's climb into the story, if, we, if, you, if you don't mind. Who was Zacchaeus? Well, it says very clearly that he was a tax collector, and tax collectors were hated. People that, that, that worked for the Roman government. If you're a Jew, and somebody works for the Roman government, that's one thing. But to have a Jew working for a Roman government was another he was hated by his own people because he had turned his back on his own people. And he was, he was stealing from his own people, oppressing his own people, people that worked hard for their money. But now they didn't have as much because of this guy, this character Zacchaeus that lives down there in his big old house and fine robes and all this other. And so it was, it was like a German going to work for the Third Reich. These, the Romans were the government that were that were over the, the Israelites and they were in their own land occupying them and they were held prisoner in their own land. And Zacchaeus was 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 one of these guys that had sided up for with the with the Roman government. And not only was he a tax collector, he was a tax collector of tax collectors. He had people working under him. It's like a CEO of tax collectors. And and as a result, he had gotten rich. You weren't really supposed to get rich. The Romans didn't really want you to get rich. But he was, because he had scammed people. He had taken more than he was supposed to. And we'll see that later in our story. So he was hated. And I don't want us to think that, well, he was just a wee little man. And that's such a cute little song. And that he was just this guy. Just untied my shoe. He was just this guy that... This little man, and he was a victim. He was not a victim. He victimized people. He was an oppressor. He was a bad guy. And you would have hated him too because he would have been taking too much of your tax dollars. And doggone it, don't do that. I'm an American. Right? He was hated. He had lost everything. I think he had given up everything for money. We know some of those people, right? Are you one of them? Um, I think he had given up even on his community. He, he said, you know what? They, they're never going to love me. And he was alone. He was hated. And so what does he do? He does two things that should shock you but don't, I'm sure. We see it as more cute than anything else, but he ran and he climbed. When was the last time you saw a dignified, powerful, rich man running and climbing trees? I mean, in this culture, that would have been particularly offensive. Um, A professor of mine pointed out in in The Prodigal Son, if you guys are familiar, the... The father sits on the front porch. I'm painting a little picture for us. It doesn't say that. But he sits there and he looks out and he waits for the day that this sinful son comes home. And what does he do when he sees him on the horizon? He runs to him. And one of my professors said that this would have been shocking for the person in the ancient Near East. Because a father of his status would not do that. Remember the kind of clothes they wear. He would have needed to grab his robes. Pull them up. Literally exposing himself. To run to this sinful child. Who had blown everything on. Prostitutes and all kinds of things. And they would have said. No, no, no. A man of his, na- of his character doesn't do that kind of a thing. And the same thing is going on in this story. Zacchaeus would not have done this. If for not of really good reason. Zacchaeus wouldn't pull up his robes and run ahead. Let, let me just do something else too. I, I, I feel like I need to do this because for the longest time I think I've understood this wrong. And I don't know that this makes a big difference to you. For me, I try to work out the details of a story. I try to paint the picture. Maybe you're like that too. Let me help just do this. Got to hitch up my robes. Um. So I think a lot of times we think, well, well, Zacchaeus ran out and climbed up in a tree and and Jesus came into the city. I don't think that's the way it happened. And I keep referring to this story before of the blind beggar. The blind beggar, it says that as Jesus came into Jericho or before he came into Jericho, there was a blind beggar and there was apparently a crowd and they were all making noise. And the blind beggar is crying out, Jesus, or he, he said, son of David, which was an unusual title. But for, for Jesus, most people didn't use it. It's only used like one other time in the whole Bible or, or in the New Testament. Son of David! And, 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 and so you've got this crowd that's gathered outside of Jericho. Now this, we should, be, we should understand, this is a lot like if you know somebody or maybe like a town like Brevard that has this incredible athlete that played for them, okay? And maybe this is the case. I don't know of any. But they had an incredible athlete. He played football. And he gets and he goes to Alabama. And then Alabama, out of Alabama, he gets recruited and he goes and he plays for the NFL. And the NFL team wins the Super Bowl. What happens when that guy comes home? Everybody, I mean, especially if it's a little town, everybody recognizes him. They have a parade, they have people that go out into the city, and the further you can get out in the city, you're gonna you've got a banner up. Hey, Bobby, you're awesome. Right? And that's similar. Jesus was a he, and for some people, for a lot of people, he was—he drew crowds. I mean, think of the 5,000 that gathered with him for the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, we think of him as this guy who, who was, you know, rejected and despised and all the things that it says in Isaiah. But he was loved. And, and people went out to go see him. And they wanted to see, you know, can he touch me the way he did that? person and man, this guy's awesome. And so stories would have preceded him and people like Zacchaeus or anybody else would have heard those stories. And so they line the streets. But it doesn't say that Jesus, that Zacchaeus met Jesus there. It appears when it says that Jesus was passing by the city of Jericho, that he was walking through the city and he was leaving the city which makes sense because the sycamore tree wouldn't have been in the city. It would have been outside the city. And Zacchaeus, so Zacchaeus runs ahead of where the crowd is lining the street seeing Jesus. He climbs up in a tree and the sycamore had these big wide branches and real heavy leaves. And he, maybe he was up there hiding. Remember he did have a robe on. And you don't want to climb a tree with a robe on and have people look up and you know. It's just, um. And so you've got this little situation going on where, where Zacchaeus is, is, is out there. And, and one of the significant things about that is if that is the way it happened, if you don't believe that, that's fine. Um, I read this stuff this week, and this author kind of convinced me at this point that it wasn't as he walked into the city, but it was as he walked out, and that's significant because of what comes next. That if he was doing that and Jesus walks through the city where he was being celebrated, more than likely because this, this culture is hospitable, they would have had a meal planned for him and a big celebration for him. They would have invited him in. Come into our banquet hall and we want to have a big celebration for you. But instead, Jesus walks through the city. says, I'm not going to accept your hospitality today. I'm going to take it from this guy that's up in the tree. And they're like... What a slap in the face. We prepared all this, we're celebrating him, and now he wants to call down out of a tree this little short rich guy and accept his hospitality? Man. And so they grumble. Does that make sense? I think that helps to make sense. But it also helps, to, helps us to say, man, how how many times have I been that person? that grumbles about what other people get that I don't get. You, again, you think of the prodigal son, the older and the, the younger son, the son who works his whole life for his dad. And his dad, when, when the boy comes, he runs, he gets him, he puts a robe around him, and he throws a big party for him, and the son's like, I can't believe you. All these years I work for you, and I don't get even a little goat, and you want to fatten up a calf for him and throw a big party for that piece of junk? And he's indignant. And the people grumble. And they complain. So Zacchaeus does a couple things. He runs and he climbs. He probably gets his robes all dirty. And the rich guy. Why would he do that? What would compel him to do that? Well, I think it's because he had heard these stories. These stories about this Savior who was making all these waves. And changing lives. And he knew he was at the end of his rope. He was one of those rejects. And he was ready to lay it all down for Jesus. And so he risks humiliation. Further humiliation. Because he was already humiliated. People hated him. He, he does that for Jesus. Okay, I'll find where I was here in just a minute. Maybe I need to stay a little closer to the podium. Um, I, I think it's a uh, hold on, Just just one second, if you will. Um, it, it's funny that um, the one the one passage that said when Jesus goes to him and he says, I have to come. I must come to your house for lunch. It just reminds me of that language in the woman at the well in John chapter 4. when It says that Jesus had to go through Jericho. He didn't have to. Jesus is just being obedient to the Spirit. He's just being obedient to the Father. He says, you know what? There's this one guy, and I'm going after him. So let's look a little more closely at what Jesus does in response to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus runs and climbs, Humiliates himself. Gets up in the tree. Well what does Jesus do? As Jesus comes in. And this, this I think is so significant. Jesus looks at him. And calls him by name. He's walking down in this crowd of people. And he looks up in this tree again. It was probably... These thick leaves. Every commentator I read is like this this tree had these thick leaves. (laughs) You know, I don't know. And here he is peeking through and he looks up and he sees him and he goes right after him. And he looks him in the eye. And he says, Zacchaeus. How did he know his name? Well, he had an advantage over us in that he was the son of God. I think that's probably the best explanation. Or maybe it was because he was such a notorious sinner. Probably not. But he calls him by name. If you are a believer in Jesus, know this. He has pursued you. He has looked at you and he calls you by name. What is it like to be called by name by the God of the universe? What is it like if you realize that you're at the end of your rope and I, I've given up everything for this pile of money that I have in the corner of my house. I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm so despised in my own community. Things got to change. And for him to get up in a tree and think I just want to see who he was. That's Significant about the language here. It doesn't say he he wanted to see what Jesus looked like. It says no. He wanted to see who Jesus was. He really wanted to know Jesus. And Jesus says no Zacchaeus. I know you. I know you. I knew you before the foundation of the world. As it says in Ephesians chapter 1. I knew you. It sounds like when he says Zacchaeus come down, it's like the first conversation he's ever had with Zacchaeus. It's not. In order for Zacchaeus to be where he was, God had been having conversations with him for a long time. He wouldn't have been there otherwise. He wouldn't have done that. He, He wouldn't have heard those stories. He would have kept doing what he was doing. Just robbing people of their money. Probably got... He's probably like so over, like oh they hate me. Who cares? But Jesus calls him by name, looks at him and calls him by name. It's significant. And I you know, I don't know if you can even remember. It's been a long time since I remember what it was like for to get that first gaze of Jesus. When he looked at me and he called me by name. Have you had that experience? Do you have a relationship with Jesus such that you know that he looks at you and he gazes at you and he calls you by name? That will change your life. That will change your life. It certainly changed my life. So now we're coming down out of the tree and Jesus gives even gives him power by saying, "I'm coming to your house." And and Zacchaeus he gives Zacchaeus the power to receive him. Gosh, I mean, can you understand the people? Why the, what what is he doing? Why is Jesus doing this? Um. Gosh, so many different directions I could go here. Um. I do have notes, so I should probably follow them, right? I'm not real good at that. Um, As I said before, I'm really interested in you guys experiencing Jesus through this. Um, I have a clip that I want to show, and I'll just be really up front. It's it's a little disturbing. Um, I I think you'll be okay, or I wouldn't show it, but um, it is a little bit disturbing. Um, but I think it and I won't be able to get to all the reasons why I use this, but I think it does demonstrate some things that are really significant. So let's check this out and maybe I'll unpack it or maybe I won't, but uh, yeah, let's check it out. We have the best freak show town, Mr. Pete Robinson. You got the step right on in. And now, ladies and gentlemen, gather in. A perversion of nature. A man, if you could even call him that, whom God Himself has turned his back upon. I give you the limbless man. Look at that. Look at it. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) With you, it's all right. No harm in it, my fault. Maybe I got a little too close, a friend. You have a good evening (laughs) now. to change, change your mind about joining one of them fancy shows. Uh-huh. What are you saying? Don't you know nothing? You just spit on the showman from the butterfly circus. <laughs> mm. ah. Muy bien. my trunk. It's so heavy. But it's easier for you because you're so strong. Ah! There's a dead man in the truck. What? Well, now, look at this. This is wonderful over by the fire. Warm up a bit, little man. (laughs) I hope that was enough warning. Um, What would compel that man to get in that wagon? How did he even get in there? (laughs) Um, That main character, and I, I don't really know anything about this Movie at all. It's a short film. It's 20 minutes long. It's called The Butterfly Circus. Sorry if it, like, there are offensive things in there. I, I honestly don't know. Craig sent this to me and uh, I felt like it was really appropriate. Um, but I want to see it. And for more than, for no other reason, really. Well, there are multiple reasons, but the main reason being that main character that got up in that man's face and said, You're magnificent. And at first, he was suspicious, like, what are you talking about? And so he spits in his face, but then he realizes that there's something different about this guy. This is the guy from the butterfly circus I've heard so much about. He takes the, 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 the beaten up and the, the, the people who get ridiculed, and, and he takes them in and he loves them and, and he gives them hope. Does that sound familiar? That's our story. A man like Zacchaeus who was ridiculed and despised and people would throw tomatoes at him if they could. Jesus compels this man to do things that men shouldn't do in his position. Jesus pursues his heart. He knows him. He knows him like Zacchaeus has never been known before. He calls him out of the tree. He, he makes himself available to be, for Zacchaeus to be hospitable to him. And then he gets invited into the house, which seems to be not just like a a quick lunch. Come on, Jesus, and have a quick bite. But that would have been a longer stay, probably through the night. And it's funny the way biblical writers do it. We get so little detail. It's like, give me more detail, man. But it says that I don't know where it happened. If maybe Zacchaeus, knowing that he's going to go to see Jesus, he's got all his money in the corner over there. Or maybe, maybe it took a while. But what if Jesus offers him the same deal he did the rich young ruler in chapter 18? What if Jesus says, give it all up and you can know eternal life? The rich young ruler, he blew it, right? He says, you know what? Can't do that. My money's too important to me. And I, I really think this is to, again, contrast and say Zacchaeus was willing to give it all up because he was so compelled by his time with Jesus. And, 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 and Jesus looks at us in the eye. He looks Zacchaeus in the eye and he loves Zacchaeus. Now, I think one of the dangers... That we can come into is that we can, um, I don't know how long you've been a believer, if you are, but the faith can get pretty boring, can't it? Can't, can't, can't it? <laughs> Where in the world am I from? It can get pretty boring. I mean, showing up to church on Sunday morning can, can, can feel like a task. Serving Jesus when Jesus is a taskmaster You know what Jesus could have done when he saw Zacchaeus? He could have called up there and he said, Zacchaeus, oppressor of all these people who's stolen money from these people since you were little. Worker for the Roman government. Get down out of that tree and repent right now. How dare you? He could have done that. He probably would have been justified in doing that. And the people would have applauded him and probably praised God. Jesus is willing to tell the truth. He doesn't do that. He He meets Zacchaeus and he looks at him and he loves him. He calls him by name. He goes and he stays in his house. He spends time with him. And as a result, Zacchaeus says, you know what? You're worth it, Jesus. I'm giving everything I have, everything I've worked for, I'm giving it away. Now, if I'm going to be moralistic, I'm going to say, okay, let's be like Zacchaeus. I mentioned this earlier. Give away everything you have to the poor. I'm not going to do that. This was a personal interaction where Jesus had this incredible ability to see people where their heart was and to go after the thing that they were serving. And saying, if you're going to serve that, you're going to die. If you're going to serve me, you're going to live. So he had this innate ability, you know, thanks be to God, (laughs) to see people's hearts and to know where to push. Now, he may push you in the same direction, to be more generous, to be more hospitable, to welcome people in your home and have lunch. But... I'm not going to go there. Because this is the interaction between those two. What's your interaction with Jesus pushing you toward? What is your time with him and time in the word? Where is that pushing you into a more intimate relationship with the Father God? How does he need to work on our hearts? Where are those areas that we know we are serving this idol and we just can't let it go? And I'm saying that until you see Jesus for who he really is. You're never gonna let it go. Zacchaeus was compelled. Maybe maybe this story can help to compel us to Because Jesus is worth it. Is this good news? Are you at the end of your rope? Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're not at the end of your rope. Maybe you know what it's like to spend time with Jesus. Maybe you have an intimate relationship with Jesus that you need to tell some people about. And I would say, you know, instead of yeah, one of the things, we call them the killer bees. I mentioned, you know, be like Zacchaeus, Be like, you know, the, who, who was it? Um, uh, Be like Zacchaeus, be hospitable, be generous. Don't be like the people who grumbled. And my favorite is, be like Jesus. You guys are not Jesus. You can't ever be Jesus. But you, if you have this intimate relationship with Jesus, and you have realized how compelling he is, that you're willing to lay down everything for him, arrange that meeting that I talked about earlier. Sit down with people and don't try to be anything that you're not. Don't try to cover up the struggle that you have with life and how difficult it is. But say, you know what? I, I don't have answers to all these questions, but I, I do know somebody who does. Maybe, maybe we could talk about him. Not talk about me so much. Because I'm never going to be Jesus. Be faithful to arrange meetings with people where you can encourage them by exposing them to the Jesus that you really know. And if you don't know that Jesus, I promise you he's there. I promise you he is in Scripture. And you can find him on every single page. And he wants to look at you, call you by name. And bring you into a relationship where, yeah, maybe you'll give away all you have. Because you realize he's worth it. But whatever. I I will say this one thing. That we should be like Zacchaeus. And that we should run to Jesus. Pray with me, please. (sighs) Father, I pray that you would... Reveal yourself to us in all your glory. Change our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to be so compelled by you, by your character, by the way you treat the notorious sinner, by the way you treat those who are at the end of their rope and have lost everything for the sake of whatever it was that they were serving. Father, that you love us, that you care for us in such a way that you speak personally to our hearts. Lord, I pray, I pray that we would be able to do that today. I pray that in the quiet moment, if we can find one on this Sabbath day, that, 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 that we can sit and be with Jesus. Because we know that by being with Jesus, that, we, that you will change us. To be more like Jesus. Help us to do that today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.